I, I didn't ask this before we started. Like, are you like PG thirteen? Should we? Should uh? Are, do you say fuck? Like, <laughs> should 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 we? Oh keep no, it? Cuss, cussing cussing is fine. That does not bother me. Um, I am a family friendly entertainer, but I also do things like drag and adult comedy shows and adult variety shows. I mean, the variety show I, that I produce is of adult nature. There's a burlesque dancer, and yeah, so you don't have to keep it PG. Okay, perfect. I like it because. <laughs> I feel like everybody has come to expect a certain level of swearing from me. And if I don't deliver. Yes. No, you go for it. You go for it. My <laughs> most family friendly audience is Adventureland. So. Oh, which which is where we met. Correct? Yes. I mean, we didn't meet b- before that. No, it was at Adventureland. Okay. And- And I had a very fantastic time. Uh, Dante Powell, who I've had on the podcast, and uh, a lot of people know, very funny, hilarious comedian. Uh, he he had went the year before, and he basically had like come back to us and was like, "Hey, I had this great show at Adventureland. They shut down this amusement park, and it's just for adults and people drink. And there's a magic show, and then the comedy. And he had hyped it up so much that the only way to understand it was to actually experience it. Uh, how long have you been a part of doing the Adventureland uh, show? Uh, so I've been a part of uh, Ben Ulan's magic show at Adventureland for, I'm going on eight years now. Um, I just finished my seventh season there and then I'll be back again um, this year and 2022 for my eighth year with, with the park um, and as Ben's assistant out there. So um it's been a really good um, regular gig for me. It's kind of the whole reason that I've gotten into entertainment full time. Yeah, it's it's a great place to work. I love it. So when did you know, hey, I want to entertain? Um, I don't know that there's ever been a day in my life that I didn't know that I wanted to perform. Um, since the time that I can like first remember my first thought, you know, my mother was a dance teacher. She owned a dance studio. And um, so I grew up um, spending more days in the in my dance school than I did actually going to regular school for the most part. Um, I put in way more hours and time there. Grew up, my mom was a music teacher as well. Learned how to play instruments, musical instruments. Um, did like marching band and, you know, color guard and show choir and all the high, all the different musicals we did in high school. Anything that you can possibly think of, I probably did it um, as far as the theatrics. So I don't know that there's ever a point in time when it was just like, yes, this is what I want to do. It's just kind of always, this is just what I do. This is what I am. This is who I am. When I did graduate high school, I actually, by my part of my family, wanted me to go to college. They did not want me to pursue entertainment as a career, which with my upbringing, you know, what did they expect was going to happen? You know, you put me in dance classes and everything else. And then, you know, I get to a point where I'm supposed to become an adult. What did they think was going to happen at that point? Um, But with their wishes, I went to college. Um, I got a degree in um, business marketing and photography, um, something a little on the artistic side. um, But so, so it still held my interest, but allowed me to still get like a business degree. Ended up leaving Iowa to work at Walt Disney World with to do my internship. So I lived down in Florida um, for about six months and was working down there as a um, professional photographer, um, taking their entertainment courses and, and internship program classes through Disney and was contacted by Ben Ulan through Facebook while I was down there. I'd been referred by somebody um, and I was a little homesick um, and he, obviously he's back in Iowa. Um, so I came back home for the summer working as a magic assistant, which sounded exciting to me and didn't know that that was a career choice. Just thought it was going to be a fun little summer job. And seven, eight years later, I am now doing it full time and have not looked back since. But let's let's <laughs> back up because we didn't um, 
correctly introduce you. And uh, I, I feel like I can't introduce you better than you can. So um, before we kind of dig a little bit deeper into a lot of what you said, because I am so fucking intrigued. <laughs> like, like um, <laughs> I, you know, I saw the magic show at Evangeline last year and I was just like, again, Dante had pitched it, but like, unless you see it, you don't understand it. And it's something about being, I'm 30, I'm 30, I'll be 37 this year. There's something about being like, a 37 year old man and it tapping into like a teenage version of yourself to a boy version of yourself watching the show so um tell me who you are and uh a little bit about just the person so my name is amy nichols and i am a full-time producer and entertainer based in des moines iowa um a lot of people would be like amy why do you call yourself an entertainer you know don't you do magic wouldn't you be considered a magician or a magician's assistant um well Yes. So that's one of the many things that I do. Um, But I like to go with an entertainer when I describe myself because my goal is to bring people joy. What, what, What it is that I'm doing that brings people joy can be a different... Thing that I'm doing on stage. So whatever I'm, I'm physically doing on stage um, can can be so many different things. Um, I do everything from magic um, to assisting other magicians, to comedy and drag and um, circus acts and dancing and you know vocals, whatever whatever there is that that I can contribute to a performance to give it a better overall production value. I will do that. Um, I grew up in Kansas City. Um, I'm actually not originally from Iowa. But I've lived most, I guess it's about 50-50 now. I've lived a little bit more of my life in Iowa at this point. But I do travel for work quite a bit. Um, Iowa's just kind of a home base. Being in Des Moines keeps me central and I can fly in any direction, drive in any direction. And it's generally about going to be the same distance no matter where I go. Um, So it gives me a really good home base as far as when I do get gigs and stuff that are out of state. Um, It's a lot easier for me to travel out of Des Moines than it would be, say, from, um, you know, Las Vegas or um, from Florida or you know, wherever. So how does one get into magic and entertaining? Because you, you, you're involved in so many different things. Is it like one door opens up another door or you kind of always felt like, okay, these are the things I want to to accomplish and I'm just going to do them one by one. I'll kind of touch on two points that you mentioned there. Um, the first one, I'll start with, with actually, with, I'll start with the second thing that you mentioned about, it's not so much that doors open, it's kind of more of like, what I feel that, that people are wanting to see, you know, are they are they currently interested in this? Or like, are they currently interested in um, something entirely different? You know, where am I seeing people's interests pull from, especially with the pandemic, people have kind of changed their focus. Um, and their you know, the way that they that they behave and do things. Um, so a big part of entertainment coming back from that pandemic has been, you know, how do we integrate all of this new digital technology that people are becoming accustomed to using and they're getting to see, you know, free content online, whether it's on TikTok or YouTube or um, just on Facebook even or live streams, you know, because we didn't have any other way to do shows. Um, I actually produced a lot of shows um, over Zoom during the pandemic, um, as well as doing some live streams of like some open stages um, where people could just hop on um, to my live stream and do their their entire performance from the comfort of their home. Um, and we just broadcast that live. So how do, how, how do we go from that to being back on stage and getting people to respond the way that they used to respond? Um, so that kind of plays into, you know, what it is that I'm doing and what I choose to do. Um, with that, getting into magic, so your first point there is I actually started with magic. 
So I got in as a magic assistant working for Ben. I had kind of given up. I wanted to be a dancer before I went to college. And it wasn't really a logical career choice. Um, I didn't have the correct body type for it. Um, there was a lot of struggles that would have gone into trying to make that happen as far as traveling and living in the correct city to get the gigs and, you know, find all the different things that go into it. Um, along with th thoughts from my family, um, certain parts of my family that wanted me to go to college instead and have a more secure job. Um, and so, you know, I made decisions based off of that. Um, I fell into magic and when I fell into magic, I also fell in love with magic. Um, it is uh, my heart and soul, everything that I have learned, um, not only about magic, but entertainment. And a lot of just life lessons in general have come from Ben Yulin. I will hype him up so much. There's not there's not enough good words in the universe for me to put together to actually talk about him in entirety. I've tried before, um, but it just it's never quite enough. I started doing magic on my own a few years into working for him. Um, kind of learned a few things. Um, he gave me some routines and we worked on them. And he's been my mentor through all of that. Brought me to a place where I finally got to do my first real show. Um, and I did that. It was up at Mother's Pub in Ames. Um, it was a great show. Um, it was called uh, Tipsy Tricks. And Michaela Oz put it on. She's a good friend of mine, also a magician. And after that, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can get on stage by myself and do magic, which is a whole different thing when you're having to talk and do magic at the same time. It's it's. Uh, was way more than I was prepared to handle. Uh, <laughs> but I did it and I was so proud of myself. And after that, I was like, okay, so now I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself to be better and bigger and do these things that I thought were way out of my comfort zone. Where do I go to do them? I, I didn't, I didn't know how to get into shows. I didn't know how to network myself correctly or, um, all these different things that, that go into becoming an actual professional entertainer, the things that, that build you to that position on the business side. So I started going to open mics and there've been a couple other magicians that have gone to the open mics as well, which usually the, the open mics are very co like comedian driven. They are basically just com comedians. Like, the, I mean, you'll have an entire night and it's, it's all these different types of comedians are coming up and they get to do their five minutes, they get the light and they're done. Magic is a little bit different. It's hard to put magic into an open mic. And even doing comedy magic, it still works, but it's hard to fit it within to a five minute time frame. Because if you don't finish the trick, then you don't finish, you know, what what the entire, you know, then there's ever you leave everybody hanging with with nothing to end on. Whereas as your jokes, you know, you can you can stop at certain points or you can like leave off a joke, you know, there's your structure of your scripting is a little bit different than when you're a magician. Um, so doing a couple of those, I kind of got into um, a routine of doing them, but I always really felt like I wasn't totally welcome in that environment as a magician. And so I sat and I thought about it and I actually ended up attending, uh, before the pandemic, a like open stage talent show that was called No Shame Theater. And it was over at the Des Moines Social Club at the Come and Go Theater. And it was kind of a small little like group meeting. It wasn't a show. It wasn't anything that was big and flashy. There wasn't a big audience. It was just a collective of variety performers that got together and would give each other constructive criticism on their routines um, and kind of just go through their their acts or things that they were working on. It was professionals, amateurs, um, young people that were that were maybe not sure what they wanted to do yet, but had an interest in theater. Um, and it was a really cool thing that I got to see. I didn't get to go to very many because then the um, social club ended up shutting down. Everybody knows that story. Um, wait, wait, and wait. So it I, don't, kind I don't know of, the story. You don't know the story? 
No. Well, the, the Des Moines Social Club, I believe uh, it went bankrupt and um, everything just kind of tapered off from there. And everything that, that was um, there and, and available for, for basically creatives in Des Moines, this space that was allowing both um, artists, painters, performers, all kinds of different things um, just completely disappeared. Um, and people, they lost their ability to have a safe space to go do those things in. So that's what the Des Moines Social Club was. Um, it is no longer, I, I believe it's been rebought by somebody at this point, but we don't know where it's headed. Um, it's kind of just been sitting standalone doing nothing. So anyways, a few months after going to these shows and having them end, or these um, group community meetings for No Shame Theater, I talked to the girl that was in charge of it. Her name is Laura. And she's a circus performer. And I asked her if she would be okay with me continuing it at another venue. And she became busy with some other things. She's got kids and she d- teaches circus classes. And she was like, yeah, go for it. You know, take it if you have another venue, like put it in there. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I, I would love to. So I took that and brought it over to Teehee's Comedy Club. Um, I met with Sid and... He was very welcoming about it, um, gave us the, the space to, to start it back up. It was a very rough start. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering how that transition was. Not <laughs> only was for you to be producing. Start. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I was, was wondering how that transition was for you to, to start producing first and foremost, but also in a new space. And then I was, yeah, I'm very curious to know your journey at Teehees, but sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and then on top of it, it with the pandemic hit not a few months, it was like a month after Teehees opened. So then everything shut down. So we got to do one show and then nothing. And so then I was stuck with this with this new show as a director, you know, trying to to keep it afloat and give people this this place to perform. Um, and we did virtual shows, and I kind of talked on that earlier. But basically, what I want to get to the the most important part of this is that I felt No Shame Theater could be more than what it was. I felt that there was something there that I could build upon. And so there are a lot of colleges that No Shame Theater exists within, and it's basically a theater community that gives them the place to um, to to do theater groups, and it's kind of a small little collective like meeting group that they do there. So I brought, I took um, No Shame and turned it into a talent show. So this is for professionals and amateurs, anybody who is doing any kind of of um, performance art of any type and style. Um, and it is a, a safe space that allows, you know, anybody that can do, you know, it can be com- comedians, it can be magicians, musicians, vocalists, burlesque dancers, drag, circus acts, um, all, I mean, just anything, poetry. We've had um, people that came up and, and showed us that they could, their karate skills. Um, <laughs> I think even one time we had a, a guy come up and, and do nunchucks. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I love it. I love it. Everything <laughs> is, is 100% welcome. And, it's just such a cool environment to see how this has grown over the years. Um, so, so just, how many shows have you done uh, at Teehees, the, the No Shame? Uh, it's been a kind of a weird number with the pandemic. So there was like a few months that it was like off and then it was back on again and then it was off. And so some of them were virtual shows. Um, I still kind of kept it with Teehees name to kind of help Teehees be promoted at the same time. Um, I kind of wanted that to be um, a collective um group effort as a it's a very community driven thing so even though i'm the director of no shame and i do all the behind the scenes um you know grunt work that goes into making it happen and you know processing all of that it is very much community driven it does not happen without the community and the support of everybody not only the performers but the audience 
the venue, you know, Teehees that uh, gives us the space to do it in, um, the photographers, the um, videographers that give us the media that help these people grow as performers and gives them that content that allows them to post and promote themselves and see themselves back on camera too, um, to see what they can improve upon. And um, it gives them the place because we have both professionals um, and amateurs in the same location. Um, all these newcomers get a place to network. They're getting to meet with these professionals and find mentors that they maybe wouldn't have connected with before. Um, my biggest accomplishment from No Shame, I would say, is, is my variety show. I have put together a collective of, I believe it's eight performers, and it includes comedy, magic, music, burlesque, drag, both a king and a queen, and circus acts, all wrapped up into one package. It's one big variety show. Um, these are people that I have specifically picked out from watching them at No Shame and at other various um, performances around Des Moines. They're all locals, and I have brought them together um, into a show that I've done, um, the Bill Variety Spooktacular, which I did back. That was the very first one. We sold it out right off the bat um, in October. And then we also did the Wicked Wonderland um, Variety Show. Uh, both of these were at Teehees. We did that one for Christmas. And it was kind of a twisted version of a, of a Christmas show. So with this show, what I do is it is the same performers. They do, they can choose whatever acts they want to do. I give them full creative, um, you know, they can do whatever they want to. They get to, to do, do their own creative twist on things. Um, but I put it into a package that, that fits a holiday. So in 2022, and I'm still working out the details on it, but I'm hoping to be able to do um, the same style of a variety show for Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, April Fool's Day, um, some sort of a twisted Easter, um, 4th of July, Halloween, Christmas. Um, so all these different holidays. It's a special VIP show um, that gives you a taste of all these different variety performances that maybe you wouldn't have thought to go see a drag show and you really haven't ever been exposed to it or you wouldn't have ever got to go, um, you know, see a, a magician or, you know, so it kind of gives you a taste of everything. Um, and this show is just, it's been doing so well that I've actually already been speaking to venues out of state um, about putting on like a tour. Um, and so this show has come from no shame. And so I'm very proud to say that that is my biggest accomplishment from that is like finding all these people and bringing them together into a collective that is so much bigger. Um, and so there it's, it's just, it is a good group of people and I'm very, very proud of them. Each and every one of them has put in so much hard work and effort into it. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see where that goes as well as no shame continuing to bring all these new people into the entertainment scene here in Des Moines. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Like, there's this huge conversation of body positivity where I, I don't know why this has not always been a thing. You know, like... Why is this conversation so important? What what have we been missing? And what what can we do to basically learn and do better as we move forward? So I, I will start with, with my going back to my story of getting into entertainment. Um, I 
was definitely pushed away from becoming a dancer based on my body type. I knew that I was not ever going to be, you know, this, this fit, fit into the mold that society has shaped for, um, you know, the, the whole prima ballerina dancer. Um, so things have changed quite a bit since then. I will say there's a lot more diversity in um, the dance world. Um, that I have come to recognize over the years. Um, I've watched um, an, a, another good friend of mine. Um, she was also an assistant at Adventureland for a while. She is now in New York, or not New York, I'm so sorry. She is now in Las Vegas um, as a professional dancer and doing backup dancing for um, various different um, music videos and all kinds of stuff. I mean, she's she's going crazy um, with all of that, doing a fantastic job, just killing it. And she's definitely, she's not the prima ballerina dancer type. And I hope, I'm not going to say her name because I, I did not get permission to talk about her body publicly. And I don't think she would care, but, um, so I won't say her name, um, on this, um, podcast, but she does have a different body type from that of what you would standardly think of as a ballerina, you know? And so I, I'm very, very firm in my beliefs that it's has nothing to do with what your body is shaped like or you know if if you have you know a little bit of extra padding in certain places like wherever that padding is it doesn't matter because who you are and how much you work for something and you know the the technique that goes into it can all still be achieved regardless of what you look like your appearance has nothing to do with your talent they are they are not hand in hand and it took me a very long time to realize that i actually um had a borderline eating disorder for the majority of my teenage years i was a size double zero and i wait, would starve wait, wait, myself a double zero that that's a thing yes, uh it, it is yes it is a thing uh <laughs> i was i was incredibly tiny to a point that it was unhealthy um but was never actually diagnosed with an eating disorder it was it was very close though i i in as an adult now i recognize those behaviors as being borderline um and that i was on some rocky waters for a while trying to just fit in and um you know and and back thinking back to those times you know i did not see myself as a double zero back then i thought that i I was too big to do a lot of things but looking at myself now and i look at pictures you know i am you know, I will flat out, I'll, I'll say it uh, absolutely 100%. I will not ever lie about it. I am a sturdy 175 pounds. I am five foot six and I am a sturdy 175 it, pounds. It, if you are it, somebody boo. else, exactly. If you are somebody else and you are hearing this right now, that is a comfortable weight. That is a comfortable weight for that height. It is, if you are happy, if you are talented, if you are, if you are working on those talents that you have and you are bettering yourself as a human being, Whatever the scale is, whatever it says, it does not matter. It absolutely does not matter. In this day and age, I know of dancers, um, professional ballerinas, actually. Um, there's one in particular that, that comes to mind um, that weighs over 300 pounds and is a professional ballerina. Whatever it is that, that, you, that you are, if you can bring joy to others, then you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, there was a motto, Ashley Graham, who is, I guess she she's considered plus size, which I feel like that's another conversation <laughs> for another it is. time. It, it totally is. <laughs> but but she, she, she was on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated and she was just killing it, like just a beautiful, mm-hmm. quote unquote, plus size woman. And I, I, I guess I, I love that we're, we're, we're talking about being comfortable in our skin because I feel like that that's a huge overlook 
is is the initial coming of age. Um, I have two sons and a daughter, and for this last Christmas, we, me and my wife, got her a Barbie, and it was a, I don't know what the the title of the Barbie was, but it, it's a, she was a plus size Barbie, I guess, because she wasn't the traditional stick chopstick barbie so when did you start to look in the mirror and that that traditional stereotype of what society is saying is wrong i I don't know that there was ever a specific point i and i will i won't lie about it i still struggle with it to this day you know society you know throws things at us constantly that you know you get on on the internet you know you're scrolling through instagram and seeing you know all these instagram models and stuff for people that i know have posted but, but these so great fake. photos it, it so, they yes, look like turkeys but, but it can even it, it's not even always necessarily just the instagram models but it can also be you know your friends your your family people that you know um and you see things on social media that they may be a warped version um of the truth um but they may make you feel you know and and Feel, feel ways about yourself. You're like, well, you know, I wish I could be like that or, 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 you know, look this way or have that feature that this person has. And, you know, that's, that's where the toxic behavior comes into play. And I think that's when I recognized, and I don't know that it was a specific year, a specific moment that I, I consciously started recognizing that, but I've gotten to a point where even though I use social media, I, I don't necessarily play into it as much as I, as I once did. And I think a lot of that comes from that that body positivity and that that feeling of, you know, I'm uncomfortable with myself. Looking on social media and comparing myself to others isn't going to fix that. It's not going to make me feel better about myself. And then I started coming into learning what habits do make me feel good about myself. The biggest one for me was performing. Getting to to bring joy to other people that that is something that that comes from my personality. It doesn't come from my appearance. People don't come to see me look hot on stage. They don't come to see me. They come to see what I can do. They come to 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 to, to laugh and to cry and to feel and to have all these different things that that help them take them away from their problems, even if it's only for the the ten minutes in that one moment. You watch all the kids that are watching a magic show. And a lot of people think, you know, magic's just for kids, right? You see all the kids that are watching, you know, their their jaws drop down, their eyes are big, they're <laughs> laughing, they're excited, you know, they're, there's this, this look of wonderment on their face. They're just like, wow, how did they do that, right? What they don't realize is that all the parents that are sitting in the back rows, or that we think that they're not, that they think they're not really paying attention, have the same expression on their face. <laughs> And it's it's absolutely eye opening because what's happening is that all those adults that are that you know they're they're stressed about their taxes, they're stressed about finances, they're stressed about um, their marriage or their you know whatever relationship they're in or some sort of a um, modern day um, event that's happening, what, whatever it is that's on their mind, all these adult things that eat away at us. And for those few moments, you watch them be taken away from it. You watch them become a kid again, and they have that that sense of wonder that comes back to them. And I get to watch that from the stage. And I think that is way more important than yeah, than I, being the most attractive person on Instagram. Yeah, I, I was. I would probably be honest and say I was a little skeptic about watching a magic show. And mm-hmm. you know, you there there's stages to it, right? You, you know, like yeah. it's the first trick and the second. And I just got pulled in. And by the end, in the finale, I'm like, 
Bravo. You know, clap, clap my hand, stand up. <laughs> do, do you have um, a show that stands out where it did not go well? Like, like what, you know, what can go wrong does go wrong. And you, you like everything just kind of falls apart, but you still to your hardest try to try to hold things together. Cause you know, as a comedian, our, our best example is, is just traditionally bombing, like getting on stage and not getting the laugh or the reception that you you want um do you have an equivalent of of bombing on stage oh all the time i mean it, it happened <laughs> gotcha, I, okay. I, I, yeah I, I will be completely honest we get to do the same show over and over again all summer long and perfect it and really work out all those kinks um but you know when we do corporate shows or stuff or even you know the beginning stage of adventureland we're bringing a new trick out um or a new routine for an old trick even you know whatever it is that we're doing we have things that go wrong all the time the, the biggest thing for us is that instead of getting upset about it, we, we act upon it and um, we improve upon it and we find ways to correct the, to like, you know, fix the problem. What was it that, that forced that to go wrong? What, what made that go wrong? One of my best friends does drag and he is like in it, like deep. Okay. <laughs> like, like <laughs> got, you know, he's got aliases. <laughs> like he, like, and, and to be honest with you, I, I had him on the, the podcast just a few episodes ago and i was just sort of learning about things um the prep like the performance like it's it's more than like dress up it, it's like a it's a production so i started doing it because of the message behind drag so and, and i had to do a lot of research going into this so i'll just share kind of the things that i learned about drag that and some people have asked me about it my entire life you know i'm i'm I am biologically a female, um, and I do female drag. I present as a drag queen. I don't present as a king. Um, I'm not saying that I never would present as a king. There may be a, come a time when that is what I'm feeling, and that's what I decide to do. I'm not by any means sticking myself to one or the other. Um, but currently, I prefer to do drag queen. And that's always weird for people to understand because I am biologically female. Um, I am gender because, fluid. Because you're supposed to do... A, they think that it's king? a lot of people think that drag is is, is strictly just cross about cross dressing. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's okay. I get you. Yeah. So wait, do do they people get like they just are are they confused? Well, no, yeah, people are people just they don't. It's something they don't know. Okay, uh, it's just they're more confused. They want to know about um, you know, well, well how does this work? You know, how do how do you? She looks um, like a lady, and she still looks exactly. Like a lady. Okay, exactly. Gotcha. Yes. Um. So a big thing for me is is that. When I was learning about drag, because I didn't ever think it was something that I could do, um, because it wasn't that I wanted to drag, you know, I didn't want to um, do a drag, be a drag king necessarily. So I didn't think it was something that I could ever be a performer in um, until I learned that drag is not necessarily about about dressing as a different gender. It's about embracing who you are as a person. It's about showing a part of yourself that maybe you've never been allowed to show before. You know, that maybe you've never felt comfortable showing before. And for me, that's what drag is all about. Um, I never really totally processed um, that I was gender fluid until the last couple of years of my life. Um, I've always kind of been um, between both masculine and feminine um, as a person. And I was just always kind of labeled as a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I don't know that that's necessarily really what I ever was. You know, I'm, I'm definitely... I, I may have, um, you know, female parts. I am biologically, my sex is female, but my gender is fluid. 
You know, if I one day feel like being more masculine, that's what I'm going to be. And so, you know, another day I may feel more feminine and some days I feel androgynous and I don't want to be either. You know, it's, it's kind of just a way for me to put on stage my true identity. I and I think that's the best way that I can put it into words. Not not to cut you off. I think I think that's amazing that once again, the the thing that I love where we are is evolution, right? It's it's the uh-huh. hey, we used to do things this way, now we're doing things this way, and it's almost like like I said, we're playing catch up. And I love that we mm-hmm. have words and phrases that help explain these things. Like, no, it's it's not tomboy. Okay, like there's tomboys and that's great and that's fine. But what this is is a little different than that. And I love that we have words like, exactly. uh, you know, like that we can, we can be able to put a word on explain. something allows right. us to understand it better. Right. Uh-huh. So, it's, stuff, that's, it's been around for as far as, as long as time has existed, you know, but we just never had a name for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's great that we do. So, okay. Thank you for, uh, yeah, of course. Going into that. <laughs> of course. Do you have uh, any questions or anything that I can answer for you that you... Uh, um... I only have one question for you. Let's get it's it. A real, it's a really tough one, so I want you to think hard <laughs> about it. Let's go. Okay. My only question for you is, what is your favorite color? And why is it your favorite color? Not just what about it is your favorite, but I want to know deep down. I want you to think about why you chose that color. How does that color make you feel? Oh, I like I like that. So yes, my uh, my first favorite color when I was a boy was red, and I don't know why, but I just I just found it like fascinating. It was it was uh, <laughs> I don't know, like I feel like it was I got lost in it. Like you know, it's it was always the first color of the crayons that I would reach for. Um, as I got older and my favorite color to this day is black. I just absolutely love the color black, the concept of black, what I think black represents, what, what I see when I look at it. Um, it's almost like this, like infinite beauty where, you know, like some people see like a black hole. I see like this world opening up of possibility and and like that's what black represents to me i think it's beautiful i think it's um also tied to my race with with power and struggle and perseverance um but recently i do like the color yellow (laughs) like like yellow is is probably a, a i won't say a close second but yellow is probably a second because uh, like yellow or, or even mustard. Like, I feel like I look good in it. <laughs> like, if I can be honest with you, but yellow brings me joy. Like, it's a very yeah. joyful color. So, so, um, I think to, to, to round up my, my top three, would, you know what? I like, I like forest green too. <laughs> now I want to keep talking about colors, but no, black, see, black number one. We'll but, see. Now you'll have to do an entire episode on how every color makes you feel. <laughs> you know, I just go down, and just why? Go down yeah. the list. And <laughs> yeah. I hate purple. I always find it <laughs> my favorite question to ask because it tells me a lot about people, you know, because whatever their favorite color is, um, it, it kind of represents their who they are inside, you know, whatever it is that that, that embodies them. And so, like, the color black, like you were talking about, um, how uh, that brings a lot of empowerment to you to feel it and how instead of seeing a black hole, you see it as something that's, that's kind of elegant and, and beautiful and all-encompassing. 
And I think yes. a lot of that ties into the fact that black is, um, so white is a reflection of all colors. Right. Black is an absorption of all of them. So black is, is all inclusive and mm-hmm. it, it includes all of the colors of the rainbow all into one singular color that you can just use that. Um, and then you talked about how lately you've been on a yellow, um, you know, phase where you like mm-hmm. yellow. Well, you know, I see you, you, you smiling and, and having a good time and you're just, you just seem overall happy. And so, um, yellow bringing you joy. It's just kind of a joyous color. It's a color of sunshine. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, there must be some good things going on in your life that, that are, that are bringing you joy right now. Um, you know, for me, red is a color of, um, it's, it's a feisty color. It's, it's powerful. It's exciting. Um, it's joy. It's like being on a roller coaster. Um, you know, that, that adrenaline rush, red is, red is a power color. And so as a kid, you know, you had all this, this ambition to, to do whatever you wanted to do and believe whatever you wanted to believe and have an imagination and be exciting and, and play and, and wherever that took you. And so I think that that really sums up a lot about who you are as a person. Amy, you're fantastic. I'm so happy <laughs> that you came on here. And, and not only did, you, did I get to learn a lot about you, I feel like um, what you shared and how you shared is just great information for anybody listening to kind of have some things to, to walk away with and some things to think about. So um, thanks for making time. I, I know things Thank have been Thank you so much for having schedule. me. No, it, oh it yeah, was, no, no. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. No, it was a, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, before, before I go, you, you have, you said a, a I was gonna say a reoccurring role. <laughs> you have a, a reoccurring show that yes. you, that you do, and uh, go no, ahead and, and tell. No, that would be it. no, no shame theater, um, and it is on the third Wednesday of every month at Teehees Comedy Club in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, it is a an open stage. You sign up online in advance. Um, there's a form connected to um, the Facebook event. Um, as well as the, there's a Google calendar that has the events on them that you can, that's public access as well. But if you go to the Facebook event um, on TV's page, um, you'll be able to find the links to sign up to perform in those. We welcome all kinds of performance acts. You just can't hurt yourself, the stage, the audience, and you definitely can't break the law. So um, those are the only rules of it. Um, otherwise, anybody's welcome to perform. It's always at 8 p.m. It is free to attend. So even if you're not a performer and you're listening right now, you can come watch the show for absolutely free. The bar is open. If you're of age, um, we will ID because we do have some underage people that come to the show, this show. Um, but other than that, it is open to everyone. Um, and we would love to see you there. And finally, what's that one thing that you're looking forward to this year in 2022? Uh, I would have to say in 2022, the one thing that I'm looking forward to the most is, seeing what I accomplish with this new variety show. Um, hopefully it becomes something more than what it has been in the past. It has brought together a really close group of not only performers, but also friends, um, people who probably never would have met before um, we did the show. And I'm um, overly grateful to the point where I am tearing up about it, um, that these, these performers have given so much of themselves to this show that I am so passionate about. And I'm very excited to continue working with them in 2022. I I know it's going to be very successful. So keep going. <laughs> and I can't wait. You know, I, I, I got, I got to see one of these shows. Like I, I'm going to make this trip. Yeah, Hopefully it aligns with my schedule. Like I would love to like, like set up something where I'm performing in the area and I can swing by. And it, you seem like you guys have a, an amazing time, like a really fun, 
uh, show. So uh, I would we love do. to see that live. Yeah, I'm sure we can make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care, safe travels, and uh, keep doing what you do. Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.